to another episode of Little Bits of Stuff. In this episode, we'll be discussing women-related issues. I'm your host as usual, Dr. Nick. With me here today is Didi. Didi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing today? How was your day? Yeah, it was good. How was yours? My day was fine. And um, Didi is going to be asking me questions um, that she has in, on her phone, I think. And um, she's going to be, we're going to be discussing um, issues um, related to the well woman. And um, she's going to um, take over the interview from here on. And um, so, Didi, shoot away. <laughs> Okay, hi Nick. Um, thank you for having me on the show today. Always my pleasure. Okay, so, um, well, the first question I have is, um, you know, as a woman, um, we are asked to, you know, have different tests and checkups here and there. So I'd just like to know um, the different tests that I need to have as a woman and um, how often should I get this test? Okay, um, so if I may, if I may, um, and if I if I understand your question correctly, I think you're talking about um, 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 annual women's checks. You're talking about yeah. pelvic examinations. Uh, you're talking about um, things as related to the vagina. Mm. I think you don't want to say it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. but you do want to say it anyway. So um, there are no, there's no consensus right now as regards um, tests that a woman should do regularly. Um, it, there's really no um, guideline right now that says that a woman must do an average number of tests uh, or a particular number of tests. However, there's some guideline that says that when you get to uh, the reproductive age, should actually have at least one annual check the well woman check um per year just one annual check per year and we're talking about pelvic examinations uh, we won't go into details um as to which um or how the exams go uh, but for now um those are the recommendations another recommendation is that um, um you should when you visit your gynecologist uh that's the doctor you go to to have these examinations or these annual checks uh you should also try to talk to your gynecologist uh tell him or her about um, issues you may be having with your health and issues you may be having down there like you like to call it (laughs) and then um, talk about um, this, have this discussion with him. It's almost like a um, customer relationship, you know, like a client relationship issue. So, um, when you go to your, when next you go to your gynecologist, you have to um, ask all the questions. Uh, you can even go with your pen and paper if you want and um, take these things down. But, Annual checks, as far as they go, can involve pelvic examinations and um, follow-up tests, as the case may be. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. So, um, talking about, you know, down there, like you said, the vagina. 
So, um, how do you actually know that you're healthy? Because, I mean, some people could have infections and they're not even aware of it. And in the future, it causes bigger problems. So, I mean, a girl could just be walking around and she doesn't know there's something going on down there. So, how do you know, you know, you're healthy down there? well it's just like asking how do you know if you're healthy generally speaking right okay so um that's part of why um they talk about the annual checks if you do not think there's anything wrong with you you should also still go for your annual check annual check uh, your annual check may identify things that you know may be wrong with you um, even without you knowing it of course, uh, you may even think it's normal, like a particular vaginal discharge, for example, or a growth, uh, which you may think is normal, but um, may be picked up by your uh, gynecologist uh, to be an abnormal um, growth. For ex- that's for example. So uh, you may not generally have a particular um, thing, a particular guide to say um, you know when you are um, not okay and you know when you are okay uh, again depending on your uh, you know occupation uh, if you work in a brothel for example what you should actually oh do my God. more than a, <laughs> more than a year <laughs> annual mm, check okay. okay more than once in a year annual check so um, if you're sexually active, um, if you're promiscuous, well, wow. I'm not saying everybody is promiscuous anyway, but you, I, I mean, you get what I'm talking about. No, it's, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you should do more of these tests. You should, you know, do these checkups for uh, sexually transmitted infections, you know, and um, take necessary precautions as to um, this. Um, infections so um again regardless of whether a pelvic examination is performed the woman should see her obstetrician or gynecologist at least once a year for well woman care mm. okay once a year noted yeah okay so i think i have to go for that this year of course so you mentioned um um, STDs and STIs. What's what's different, really? Because I mean, I hear this a lot. Um, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. yeah. Now you want to open a can of worms. Now there's 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 still a bit of a controversy. Um, there are several schools of thoughts about this. Um, some say sexually transmitted infections is the same thing as sexually transmitted disease. Uh, some actually say. Um, they are different and some just decide to stay on the fence and now um, some think that the the proponents of um, sexually transmitted infections they've been different from sexually transmitted diseases say that um, an infection is just at the initial stage of when you get infected by a particular organism not necessarily you know, becoming a disease at that time. Take, for example, you get infected by um, chlamydia, for example. Okay. You know, they, they think that is a sexually transmitted infection. But when you now have, have a pelvic inflammatory disease from having chlamydia and some other 
um, sexually transmitted infections, then they feel it's a disease. So they feel that when you develop symptoms and then you have a constellation of symptoms, uh, then you have a disease. Others say um, there's a stigma that is associated with um, calling it a sexually transmitted disease and that a sexually transmitted infection is a better way of um, putting it. There are so many schools of thoughts about this. But what um, the essential thing to um, stick to here is that whether you call it sexually transmitted infections or sexually transmitted diseases, it all boils down to the fact that there are some things that are not worth having, whether it's an infection or it's a disease, um, you should um, take all necessary precautions to make sure you don't have either one of them. But as uh, regards which one is correct, there's still a very, very, very tough ongoing debate about that. Mm. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, so talking about sexually transmitted infections, um, there are some women I know, okay, some people complain about having um, painful sex, okay? They have painful intercourse. So is that a result of an infection or that's just who they are? Or, yeah, is there an explanation to that? Yeah, of course. Um, painful intercourse, um, disparate union as we call it in the medical world, uh, can result from several causes. Infection is one of them and um, um, of course there are other causes like um, having vaginal dryness um, in elderly people or old women who has vaginal atrophy. Um, people who don't get wet easily some have what we call vaginismus, that's vaginal spasms. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, some may actually have been injured from previous sexual intercourse or even foreplay. And um, so you can go on and on and on about the causes of um, uh, painful sexual intercourse. Even having a partner with a big genital is a cause of um, um, painful intercourse, as the case may be. So there are several causes. Um, if you do have se um, painful sexual intercourse uh, with your partner, you should actually visit your doctor uh, to you know, carry out several investigations and checks you know, to help you, you know, screen out or decipher the reasons why you may be having painful sex. I'm sure you don't have painful sexual intercourse. Do like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why makes you think I have sex anyways? Please. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, that's that about that, really. Okay. Okay, so... Um, okay, so while growing up, um, there's this... We've ha always had this myth that... Um, if you have lots of sugar and sweet things, mm. that um, you're gonna have um, painful menstrual um, cramps. Cramps, yeah, that's the word. Okay. So. Um, Are you sure it's not all in your head? Well, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, we grew up. I'm, I, I'm telling you, you that ninety-eight percent of women. Have you seen any paper, any research that says that? 
sugar causes um, more severe menstrual cramps? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's what we grew up to see. And I know that 98% of women out there think that um, sugar and sweet drinks, mm -hmm. um, you know, taking those things close to their period okay. gives them serious cramps. I mean, I've had cramps growing up, so I don't know. Uh, so, you've, that. so you've also believed that? Well, I do. I mean, you should have actually just started with that. Like, okay, <laughs> so you believe that you, you also believe that sugar causes. Well, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I know girls out there believe the same thing. So please, prove us wrong. Okay, what? Why do we have painful periods? Because some people do not have these things, and yeah. I do, and it's not fair. I mean, why do I have to go through so much pain every month? And some still don't even take sugar. Some don't. Some people take bitter things. Yeah, just to just to evade that and all that, right. and they still have they still have it painful, very painful menstrual yeah, cramps. So is, is there a reason we need to have cramps? I mean, can't we just <laughs> see the blood flow and well, of you course, know, we don't have to feel the pains and yeah, at least for, for being a woman and being so complex, you should feel some pain. <laughs> really, thank you. <laughs> That's so helpful. Well, anyway, um, I don't think we could ex exhaust that in this um, particular episode um, I would urge you to um, join and tune in to the next episode uh, where we'll be talking about the myth about sugar and menstrual cramps I don't know if I've so you're saying it's a myth it's not even true is that what you're saying oh, well I'm not saying it's a myth but I'm just saying that it's possible it's a myth but mm. we'll get to debunk that in the next episode so for now, okay. it's a wrap. And um, thanks to Gigi for, should I say, for having me here because I'm actually well. the one that had you here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've enjoyed being on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, we'd love to have you some other time. And thank you very much for your time. Yeah. I really appreciate this. And um, for now, this is the end of this episode of little bits of stuff with Dr. Me. Bye. Bye.